The wilderness of the desert. Parched ground, sharp rocks, shifting sand, burning sun, scorpions, rattlesnakes, the mirage of an oasis. This is the wilderness of the desert. The wilderness of the soul. Parched promises, sharp words, shifting commitments, burning anger, rejections that sting, the mirage of hope, distant solutions ever beyond reach. This is the wilderness of the soul. Some of you know the first. All of you know the second. Jesus knew them both. With skin still moist from his baptism in the Jordan, he turned away from food and friends and entered the country of hyenas and lizards and vultures for 40 days being tempted by the devil. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days, Days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Uh, the wilderness is not every day of your life. It's a parenthesis. It's a fierce season of face-to-face battle with Satan. You needn't journey to Israel to experience the wilderness. A cemetery will do just fine. A hospital will work. So will divorce or debt or depression. Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days in the wilderness. Matthew and Luke tell us three questions, temptations that the devil presented Jesus with. But we're not to think there were only three. Jesus spent a month and 10 days gutting it out with Satan. The wilderness is a long, lonely winter. Doctor after doctor. Resume after resume. Diaper after diaper. Heartache after heartache. Ten months of COVID will do. One more symptom of the Badlands. You think the unthinkable. Jesus did. Wild possibilities crossed his mind. Teaming up with Satan, opting to be a dictator, not a savior, torching earth and starting over on Pluto. We don't know what he thought. We just know that Jesus was tempted by the devil. Satan's words, but for a moment, gave him pause. He didn't eat the bread, but he stopped long enough in front of the bakery to smell it. Wild thoughts have gone through many minds these past 10 months. One in four high school and college-age students have contemplated suicide during COVID. Don't blame this account of temptation on Satan. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Satan didn't come into the desert looking for Jesus. Jesus went into the desert looking for Satan. 
How do we explain this? Does the word rematch mean anything to you? For the second time in history, an unfallen mind would face the fallen angel. The second Adam had to succeed where the first Adam failed. Jesus dared the devil to get into the ring. He says, you've been taunting my children all these years. Get into the ring with me. See what you can do with me. And Satan did. For 40 days, the two went toe-to-toe. The Son of Heaven was tempted, but never wavered. He was struck, but not struck down. He succeeded where Adam failed. This is a big deal. The Apostle Paul writes, Just as one person did it wrong, Adam, and got us into all this trouble with sin and death, another person, Jesus, did it right and got us out of it. I love chocolate chips. Jory will buy a little bag, a 10-ounce bag of chocolate chips, use a few for baking, and then she'll leave the rest in the pantry. I go in there, shake a few, not a few, a lot, into my hand. Well, one day she came home with a 10-pound bag of chocolate chips from Costco. I mean, it was Mongo. I mean, everything at Costco is Mongo, right? She used a few for some baking, and then that thing sat there. Guess who ate the rest? I said to Jory afterwards, I said, please don't buy that big a bag again. We all face temptation. Uh, Your temptation may be to lie when you're caught doing something wrong. Or to exaggerate your itemized deductions on your taxes. Or to cheat in order to get into college or graduate school. Or to change something on your resume, embellish it, so you have a better chance of getting a job. Or to cut corners when you're late for an appointment. Minister parked his car in a no parking zone. He wrote a little note, put it under the windshield. I've circled this block ten times, can't find a parking spot. If I don't take this spot, I'll miss my appointment. Forget, and then he puts, forgive us our sins. And then comes back and there's a citation. Police officer writes, I've circled this block for 10 years. If I don't give you a ticket, I'll lose my job. Then he writes, lead us not into temptation. Your temptation may be to overeat when you're discouraged or to yell at your kids. Or to veg out and watch TV when you should be working, doing homework or exercising. If you're a guy above the age of 11, you probably face sexual temptation. Sexual temptation is is everywhere. Christ followers give their lives to Christ and then they receive the Holy Spirit. Why then do we struggle with temptation? I mean, I feel like 
I have been battling with the same uh, sins for 40 years. And I get so discouraged that I keep falling. Why do we do that? How can we gain victory over temptation? Jesus did. You say, well, come on, he's the son of God. Of course. He was also fully human. How did he do it? Luke tells us in the fourth chapter of his gospel. Turn to Luke 4. This is the first in a series of messages called the life of Christ. Why study the life of Christ? Well, Christ is what our faith is all about. He's the Son of God. He's the one we share. We should talk about Him more than we do Peter, James, John, and Paul, more than the Old Testament. And we need to be reminded who He is and how He calls us to live. According to George Barna, pollster, currently only 16% of 16 to 29-year-old non-Christians in America have a good impression of Christianity. Only 3% of that same age group have a positive view of evangelicals. Evangelicals, you know, are one Christians who take their faith maybe a little more seriously. We believe the whole Bible is true from Genesis to Revelation. Among this same age group, nine of the, their top 12 uh, feelings about uh, Christians, uh, the, the top two are judgmental and hypocritical. So we need to study Jesus and get back to living like he did. We begin by looking at what Jesus taught us about walking through the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Uh, Luke tells us that in Luke 3, Jesus' temptation occurred right after his baptism. What's the connection? Uh, the Son of God, as Pastor Chris pointed out last week, did not need to be ba- <clears throat> baptized. He never sinned. So he did that to identify with our sin. Now here he's tempted to identify with our temptations. This is a major theme in the book of Hebrews. The writer says, For this reason he had to be made like them, Jesus, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. You think your temptation is unique to you? Jesus was tempted in the same way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Jesus overcame temptation. He faced the full range of temptations that you do. Now, Satan's not so stupid as to tempt someone who could not be tempted. Some people have trouble with the whole idea of Satan. They think it's just kind of made up as a 
you know, ignorant people. That's their way of, 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 of dealing with the problem of evil. But the, the, the New Testament will not budge on this issue. Apostle Paul writes, For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers. These, these are types of demons, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Apostle Peter, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We don't blame everything on Satan, but he is enticing and urging us on to give in to our sinful desires. Back to Luke. For 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. At the end of them he was hungry. Understatement. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Satan tempted Jesus for 40 days, but that wasn't the end of the tempting. When it's all done, we read, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. He waited till the next opportunity. Matthew tells us that Jesus tempted Jesus again in Matthew 16. After Jesus had told his disciples he was going to die on the cross, Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Perish the thought, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Die on the cross. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Out of my sight, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Uh, Satan was trying to keep Jesus from going to the cross to die for our sins. Uh, Satan attempted Jesus again when he hung on the cross. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. So Satan is using these people to tempt Jesus to come down and show them who he is. So back to the first temptation. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread devil is clever. Don't think for a minute he didn't know Jesus was the Son of God. What he meant was, if you're the, really the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. He knew Jesus was starving. There's nothing wrong with eating food. So he wasn't really asking him to do anything wrong. He says, has God said you can't eat since you're God's Son? Why suffer a moment longer in hunger? You're hungry. You have power. Use your power to satisfy your hunger. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and turned stones into bread. But then he would have been doing the bidding of Satan instead of his father. Jesus answered, it is written in the Old Testament, man shall not live on bread alone. 
Jesus wasn't saying bread was unimportant. He meant that although he was hungry, since no bread had been offered to him, it would be wrong to use his power to produce bread without his father's direction. So the second temptation, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, Roman Empire, British Empire, the United States. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. This was tempting. For Christ had an, a lawful right to rule the world. It had been usurped by Satan. The temptation was to push ahead of God's timing and achieve the kingdom in a manner other than God's way. Uh, Satan's proposition was simple. Serve the devil and rule the world. In modern terms, be pragmatic. Be realistic, ready to compromise. The ends justifies the means. Do whatever you have to to gain power. But this, this called for divided loyalty. The devil gets the leading role and God a poor second. He would accept a promotion from Satan rather than from his father and in the process bypass the cross. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now look at the third temptation. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. This is Satan quoting Scripture. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. This temptation was even more subtle because Satan is actually quoting the Bible. Quoting the Bible does not mean you're speaking the truth. He quotes Psalm 91, where it says, God will take care of people who put their trust in Him. He says, surely, you're God's son. You can jump down from the temple. God's not going to let you get hurt. Notice Jesus' response. Jesus answered, it is said, <clears throat> it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him. Jesus refused to worship Satan. He would take orders only from his father. Je Satan tempted Jesus for 40 days. Jesus didn't take the bait. He simply quoted the Bible. Three temptations, three declarations. It is written... It is written. It is written. Jesus' survival weapon of choice was Scripture. If the Bible was enough for his wilderness, shouldn't it be enough for yours? Don't miss the point. Everything you need for desert survival is in the Bible. Jesus overcame temptation. 
every temptation Satan threw at him. How did he do it? What can we learn from this account? It seems to me there are two pretty obvious applications we can take from this. One, commit to spending time with God in Scripture. I talk, I talk about this all the time. But one thing that stands out in this account is how well Jesus knew Scripture. When Satan quoted the Bible, Jesus knew it better. He then quoted other passages that refuted Satan's lies. How do you do in a similar situation? Do you know the Bible well enough to know when it's being misused? Do you know it well enough to be able to use it in a moment of temptation? There's no shortcut to knowing God's Word. You have to spend time in God's Word. Our son Mark served two uh, tours of duty. I felt so bad this week. His wedding is scheduled for March 6th, and it was scheduled for like March 6th last year and canceled due to COVID. And I called him and I said, you know, we're concerned, Mom and I, about our health and Erica's. Looks like we won't be vaccinated by then. And so we canceled it, or he agreed. Anyway, it felt bad. Two years in a row, same cancellation. And um, anyway, he two tours in Afghanistan. And he said, it was like crazy, Dad. Our sergeant would put us, drive us out in the morning and put us in a plateau. And all around the hills were the Al-Qaeda and Taliban poised to shoot at us. But our government gave us no shoot instructions until you're first shot upon. He said, Dad, it was nuts. He says, I feel like our sergeant was just trying to get us killed. But thankfully, they had better equipment and were better prepared, so when they were shot at, they prevailed. Can you imagine going into battle with the orders? Don't shoot unless you get shot. I mean, how dumb. The aim is not to get hit at all. Yet if we have not made a commitment to obey Christ no matter what, we're kind of putting ourselves in that same situation. We wait until we get hit to respond. And if, you, if that's your strategy, you can be sure that you will be hit, not with bullets, but with temptation after temptation. If you want to grow as a believer, one of the most important commitments you can make is to take time every day to spend some time in God's Word. I'm inviting you to do that this year and to use our journals. If you haven't picked one up, there's some in the back. Uh, this is for our new series. Uh, our family went through uh, the first lesson last night. And uh, the people that write this, it's uh, Dan Sides, Chris Quinn, Chris, uh, Lindsey Quinn, and Kristen Hayward. They do a great job. The number one reason people tell me they don't read the Bible is they say, I'm too busy. That's why I say keep it to 15 minutes. Everybody can afford 15 minutes a day. The second thing we learn from Jesus about overcoming temptation in the wilderness is spend time memorizing Scripture, then live by it. 
Now again, you've heard me talk about this before. I think this is so important. I thank God for parents who taught me to memorize Scripture when I was young. My parents put a little cup in the center of our dinner table, and every night we would draw a verse out and we'd memorize it. Or if we got the same one we'd gotten you know, earlier, we would be re-memorizing one we'd learned. They also signed me up for a, a Bible memorization league. Uh, it was like our youth group would go against another. And I can tell you, those verses I learned as a boy have stuck with me. The last nine years that we've had uh, Portland Community Church, every year I've met with one guy. Uh, this last year I met with three guys, and I'll, that'll continue to be my pattern. The first thing we do in our meeting is memorize a verse. It's the hardest thing we do. But those verses, we have them in our journal, we have them in the book. I'm studying with a, a, a new group of three guys this year. They have been so helpful in helping me deal with the wilderness. So how have these verses helped me? I memorize, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure. I've learned that God doesn't want me to be complaining or arguing. Another verse, he, t- he taught me, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. This is the kind of person I want you to be, Ron. Kind, not sarcastic, compassionate, not uncaring, forgiving, not holding grudges. Another one, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I don't want you holding on to things, Ron. Get Deal with it before you go to bed. So if I have a fight with Jory or one of my kids or somebody else, don't hang on to it. Don't let it linger. If I'm discouraged, I quote, Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God's with me. When I'm tempted by lustful thoughts, I quote, How can a young man keep his way pure, or an old man in my case? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Does it say God's word keeps us from sin? No, it's God's word hidden in our hearts. When faced with a temptation, you don't have time to find a Bible to set yourself straight. You need God's Word memorized. Some people who fall to temptation say, I get started and I just can't stop. But you know that's not true. Let's say you're alone and you click on your TV an R-rated movie or an X-rated movie. And then you hear somebody drive up in the driveway. You look out the curtain. You see me walking into your front door. Can you stop that movie? Of course you can. It's all a matter of who you see coming into your house. If you see Jesus 
living in you and with you, you can stop. If you're struggling, memorize a verse that will help you in that area. You say, I can't memorize. That's not true. Guys in my group say that all the time. I can't. You can too. Mathematicians calculate that the human brain can store up to 100 trillion bits of information. That is more than the largest computer in the world. There's plenty of room in your brain to memorize all the verses you want. Whether your temptation is eating chocolate chips, losing your temper, lustful thoughts, or something else, Jesus can help you overcome it. Follow His example. Spend time reflecting on Scripture. Spend time memorizing Scripture. And then live by it. Father, we thank you for this account that you put in your word of Jesus being tempted by the devil. We're tempted by the devil. We fall. He didn't fall. Help us to follow his example. And a couple things we can do this year. We can read the Bible, see that we do it every day, and memorize verses. Help us to do that. You want to make that commitment? You pray right now. Tell Jesus you want to do that. If you've never committed your life to him, invite him into your life to be your Savior. Thank you, Lord. We all face temptation. We all fall. But we want to make a new commitment to you to read your word and to memorize your word to give us strength to stand against the devil's schemes. In Jesus' name.